competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the magic. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 451. Mr. Savage. Huzzah! All right. So, all right. We're a little late getting started here. Listen, we're not used to doing Monday late pick fives, and sometimes having a handicap, a late pick five on a Monday, it's a little hard with our schedule. So, we're doing it for you people. Just wait and be patient for us. Good to see you again, Mr. Savage. You too, man. Yeah, doing good. It was a fun weekend. A uh, lot of craziness with college basketball. I, I cannot remember a game like that Gonzaga game with the ending where it felt like you completely deserved to cover with Gonzaga for a while there. And then the majority of the game, it felt like they did not deserve to cover. And then you have a, a foul with less than a second resulting in a buzzer beater three. So literally the spread flips three times there in the last 10, 10 seconds. It was cr- absolutely crazy ending. You got to love March Madness, man. It's a blast. It sounds like a good day for me to have not been betting and actually spend the day at the park with my wife and son. So I'm glad I did that because I saw the tweets and everything. I was like, I'm glad I did not get involved with any of this. It probably wouldn't have gone uh, gone my way anyways. But yeah, the ridiculousness of, of already losing half the number one seeds, uh, that's happened through weekend yep. one. That's, you know, no, nobody that I super cared about really gone. UCLA was who I had winning it all. So as long as UCLA is still in it, I'm still feeling good. But uh, right now, after what you've seen from round one, Mike, or round one and round two, uh, who do you think is the best team slash going to win the title at this point? Best team is Alabama. Houston is really dangerous if they can get healthy. We'll see if that's able to happen. And Gonzaga, to me, is really interesting as well still, just because when they play defense and they shoot the ball, they are one of the, if not the best team in the country. So uh, right now, I'm, I'm watching Alabama and Gonzaga. I think they're going to be the final two. I think Houston's going to run into some trouble when they get, reach the Elite Eight. But it's it's been an absolute blast of a tournament, and I am looking forward to being crowned the Racing Dudes Tournament Champion Bracket Champion. Right now, sitting in sixth, great spot to be in. Bama's going to win it all for me, baby. I'm going to take that thing down, and then I get all the swag. That works, and I can still keep playing the championship introduction, right? Because uh, right now in the Fantasy League, we're not looking too hot, but hey, you know who's looking great? Cave Rock, man. I, I've been saying this ever since the San Philippe. Get Cave Rock back. Have him show up at the San Diego Derby. Practical move has to beat the ultimate Baffert now because Arabian Nights out. It's setting up for the showdown. And in true wrestling storyline fashion, the heel comes back from the long break, beats down the baby face in practical move. We have the rematch at the Kentucky Derby, and it's an unknown party You know, who comes in as a, it's a trios match that ends up being, and then we get a third party that comes in and takes the belt. But really... Cave Rock, I mean, that, not the Derby, the Preakness. I think uh, San Diego Derby, the Preakness is looking pretty strong for him right now. Hey, if we win both those, we're winning the league, baby. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. We've also got the Gulfstream Park late pick five on Wednesday, March 22nd. How many times am I going to screw that up today? Uh, we'll find out. We've got the late pick five uh, coming at you on this Monday. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. And as a reminder, the race uh, the Magic Mike Show is brought to you by OG Handicappers, OGHandicappers.net. Visit them. Use promo code DUDES, D-U-D-E-S. Get 10% off everything site-wide. You can look good gambling like the dudes at OGHandicappers.net. And also, Louisiana Derby is this weekend, so the Louisiana Derby Inside Track Wagering Guide. That'll be coming out later this week. If you have a premium subscription to any of the products at RacingDudes.com, you get that included for free, so make sure you check that out. At your earliest convenience. In the meantime, Mike, first leg of the late pick five at Goldstream Park on Wednesday, March 22nd. Race four, seven males, three and up, non-winners of two lifetime, going a one-turn mile in for 62.50 tags. Oh, boy. Wednesday at Goldstream. Where are you going on top? Yeah, baby. This is a fun little sequence. Before we talk about that, 15 races at Fairgrounds this Saturday? Three after the Louisiana Derby. It is wild. You couldn't even see them finish some of the races last time they had their big day. And now we're going to have 15 races. I mean, it's going to be like impossible to see these horses cross the finish line later in that card. Uh, 
I have not looked at it yet. How many pick fives are like six pick fives? Do they just do one every other week? I think we're averaging six pick fives there for that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable fairgrounds. You just be like, like, hey, we got your attention for one more day. Let's just load that puppy up, baby. Let's go 15 races big. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. Uh, let's get on to some Gulfstream Park here. Race number four. There is a lot of speed signed up. And so I kind of gravitated toward a couple of horses I think can come from off the pace here. I really like the four dream of blessings here. This horse was placed a little bit above its head last time. We often talk about horses that that break their maiden in a maiden claiming race. You want to see them come back generally about half of the claiming tag. Well, we went from 12.5 up to 20,000. So quite a bit of a jump there. Now we're dropping down to the 62.5 level where this horse fits from a claiming perspective. So I think we're getting a, a much lighter feel from that perspective. I mentioned how much speed there was early. It sets up really well for Dream of Blessings to be able to run back to that maiden race and be able to get the job done. And I don't think we can discount the massive jockey upgrade we're getting here as well. Jose Ortiz jumping aboard. Uh, no, no offense to Bug Hernandez or Perez who was riding before that. But this is a big time upgrade here. And I like the fact that this horse is just keep getting better and better and better and better at improving every single race. Nothing huge, but just these marginal jumps every time as the horse matures into itself. So I put the four dream of blessings on top here for Marquette and Ortiz. Yeah, I did the same thing here. I went too deep. This is my top pick as well. And you outlined all the points really well. Um, I love that because he's the only three-year-old right in the field. Yeah, he's getting an automatic six-pound weight break as well. So um, when you get to these bottom levels, you just got to throw whatever you can to try and get the horse to do uh, to improve. And, and not only did you mention this horse improving, but you know the horse, once he turned three, was able to start using Lasix. And then you saw an improvement right there. Second time with Lasix, that when we, we had that big win over this course in distance. So uh, I'm with you with the four dream of blessings, five to one. Let's hope that holds for our top pick here. Um, I, I ended up chalking out a little bit here. Yeah, I, Mr. Cellular to start things off. I wasn't my top pick, but I did use here. Um, I th- simply, I think a repeat of that last effort wins this race here. You got Angel Morales, the, the bug boy, back aboard again for the second straight start. Uh, was able to press the pace early, going a mile over this Gulfstream Park dirt last out. Drew off when asked. Getting that seven-pound break, I think, is huge. This is also going to be second time since we've had blinkers in the Gonzalez barn. Uh, the blinkers really seemed to help the horse a lot last time out. Um, also, that was the dirt debut for this horse, which is crazy that we were like, let's try synthetic two turns. Nope, that didn't work. All right, let's try turf two turns. All right, that's not working. Synthetic again? No, okay. How about the dirt? Oh, shit. Maybe this horse is actually pretty good on dirt. So I get it's a kitten's joy mare, uh, why you thought that, but it is also Sun and Nyquist, a Kentucky Derby winner. So... Um, I understand if at, at the 6250 level, first time facing winners, you don't want to take the two to one favorite here, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to fade this horse like I got my hair cut this morning, man. It is <laughs> Mr. Cellular in this spot to me. I'm just, I can't, I can't handle the two to one price. And I think it's going to be bet down off that two to one price because of that last race. You got to remember that was a field of six. And they didn't exactly go fast early. And they went slow as balls late. Like it was brutal. <laughs> they went 26 the last quarter mile there. It, I just facing winners for the first time as the favorite, especially since last time out, Mr. Sellier was able to be right on the pace, right? Never more than a length behind the leader. Uh, well, the one is faster. The three is faster. The two is probably faster. It's going to be a very different trip for Mr. Sellier here. T- second time on the dirt. If Mr. Sellier tries to get close to this pace, he's cooked. If he tries to run behind the pace and pass horses, I'm not sure he can. And he's the favorite. So it's for me, it was just there was too much there. Um, I did have the horse pick for third in the race. So it's not like I just hate this horse. But this is not a horse I'm interested in kicking off a pick five with that I think is a little bit sneaky later in here. So I'm only going to go too deep. I'm going to go to the outside. Give me the seven horse Krypton here is my other one. Uh, not often can we say at Gulfstream Park Championship meet, Lionel Reyes is definitely the second best jockey in the field. He is definitely the second best jockey in this field uh, compared to everyone else who I got here. So I, I'm going to take him on the outside. I like the fact that you go back to the dirt efforts. And, yeah, they were a while ago. Um, if you go back to those dirt efforts, they were all pretty good. Um, and you saw the horse was improving a little bit, ran a 57 uh, first off the bench for Pletcher, came back with a 59, broke his maiden going seven furlongs over the slop, then jumps in and jumps up to the 12 level where this horse get claimed. This is the lowest time, lowest level we've ever seen from this horse. And we're getting back to the dirt, which I actually like for this horse. I thought the best two races really were over that dirt. However, the horse did improve when it hits the synthetic. So I'm hoping that that improvement is more age-based than surface-based, whereas this horse just get, got older and more mature, became a better horse. 
I like this horse getting back on dirt. And I think the setup is beautiful here. I love the outside post going a mile here because you're able to just sit outside, decide where you want to go and make a move. Carlos David, very good trainer. I think the seven just fits really nicely here. And I like the idea of trying to get around this six to kick off the pick five. And this is the horse that I had in third. Um, I couldn't end up pulling the trigger on this. So by the way, Luis Saez will be at fairgrounds this weekend. But when they drew these races, he was named on this horse. He actually was named on a bunch of horses at Gulfstream on this card. Uh, this is the one of the mount that he gave up. And I went through and looked. You're right. Leno Reyes, clearly the second best, both in terms of win percentage and total wins. He's got more wins than some of these jockeys have starts at this meet right now. So uh, it was pretty surprising there. Uh I didn't end up pulling, I couldn't pull the trigger on this horse because yes, those two dirt efforts at Gulfstream Park with Pletcher before we got claimed, like they were good, you know, broke the maiden and missed by a neck. And this seems like the right level, but why did we just leave the dirt and we never went back to the dirt? I mean, Carlos David's pretty damn good on dirt. Why? It just is weird to me that we kept trying to do two turns with this horse on synthetic. We didn't try turf. We didn't try the dirt again. So um, it scared me off of it a little bit, but again, I'm not going to knock it for using this horse. I think makes a ton of sense in here too. Yeah, hopefully the pace setup is right. It's going to be all about the pace in this race. In these 65, yeah. 62, five level races, a lot of times you, you just have horses that struggle to pass. There's enough horses early. I think you're not going to see this at that level. I wouldn't be shocked if the one or the three gets loose, if one of the two doesn't break and the other one goes gate to wire. Um, so I would look at using the one or the three if you had some interest in going deeper here versus using the six, just because the six is price. Uh, but to me, if we can get through here with four and seven, I think it starts this thing off pretty well and it allows us to try and hit a decent size pick five. Let's get it through here with the four. Five to one. Uh, nice price there with Jose Ortiz riding. Second leg, late pick five at Goldstream Park on Wednesday, March 22nd. Race five, we got nine males, three and up. Uh, nine winners of two lifetime, routing a mile and the 16th on the turf. In for $50,000 tag, so a bit of a class hike from the last race, Mike. Where are you going on top? I thought this race was tough. Uh, I went to the nine horse Balador on top, who I think is lone speed in this spot. We've talked about the angle of looking for horses that ran well early on synthetic up front and then fade late and them going over to turf uh that's what we're going to get here with a horse that was a monster price last last couple times we've seen him in optional claiming levels now we're dropping into the claiming first start as a four-year-old magdoro very good turf influence ap indy on the bottom has more speed than anyone in this field i couldn't really figure out who else would be in the lead i guess you could make an argument for the five but when you delve deeper into that and you look at the races the five actually led they're like 49 second half miles so i just i don't see that horse necessarily going to the front and a lot of the other horses I was interested in here, just they they lack speed or they just they they need this perfect setup to be able to get the job done. So I I try to go with the price on top here. Give me Balador on the outside to try and take this field gate to wire. Back to back top pick agreement. Uh, I love everything she brought off. Uh, trainer Ralph Nix, twenty four percent, very solid off of a similar layoff like this. A huge upgrade to Tyler Gaffleone, who's also twenty four percent with a healthy positive ROI, riding for Ralph Nix, but. You got a first-time gelding angle. What's better than having a lone speed horse that's suddenly more aerodynamic, Mike? You just, he's just going to be flying out there. You can just put uh, slick him up in some oil is the only way he's going to get faster out there. Yeah, I, I love the nine on top here. Hopefully, we hold eight to one on here with that big class drop. Next up for me, I did use the five, Nantasket Beach. Uh, a big reason when Kelly Breen took over to start the year, selling this horse post back-to-back, uh, -back, very strong buyers, gets an 80 buyer against starter allowance company, an 81 buyer at this level. Uh, going a mile over this course with Paco aboard. Um, it, it broke the maiden at this distance while protected at Delaware Park, so I like that. The horse has got the speed to be in it from the start, but isn't a need-the-lead type necessarily. In fact, the, the one maiden win at Delaware Park came from a couple of lengths off. The race before that set a length and a half off and just missed by a nose to a next-out winner. So the horse has got ability, it's got potential, and I think this is the right fit for it, like the 40-50K level. Um, I just hope the horse has got the uh, the endurance to hold him off late. Street boss, the sire was a sprinter, but you've got good old Holy Bull on the damn side there. So uh, I used the five on here, but boy, I don't like that it's two to one when the horse is really, the only time the horse was ever this short of a price, it's four to five favorite to break the maiden, but it's really never been bet like this. No, it hasn't, but it fits a two to one. I mean, this is the other horse I'm going to use in here. I thought about going three deep. I'll talk about the third one, but I ended up just going two deep here with uh, Nantasket Beach and Balador, the five and the nine. You hit the nail on the head. Look, this is this is the other speed. And, and when Nantasket Beach was able to break the maiden cape from just off the pace, Paco's going to try and get this horse engaged early so that you have him sitting directly behind the nine. And it's a question of whether or not 
the nine's able to take him gate to wire. The five can kind of come up and, and be able to get first run and hold off the closers that are going to be coming because there are, you know, the four obviously experienced going to be flying late trying to get up there as will the one street street vendor. So both Ortiz's will be trying to take, chase these these leaders down. I'm just not so sure they can. And that that last race that Nantasket Beach ran in was was surprisingly good for the level. I mean, they finished the mile over the Gulfstream turf in 134. I mean, that's a very, very good time. They went 22 and 245 out. Uh, this horse was able to close into it. Master of the Senate won next time out. Chasing Rainbows ran pretty good over the weekend. Like That was a pretty good race that Nantasket Beach came out of as well. So I'm just going to go with the five and the nine here so I can use a few more bullets on a rel- relatively cheap ticket for the last three races. I did go three deep here. Dennis has talked about the third horse I used, the four experience. I actually considered both Ortiz horses, and I landed on experienced over the one street vendor. Um, third off the layoff for experience, we're dropping down to a tag for the first time here uh, after two starts. Uh, not really showing much effort, but I also love after that long layoff, Jonathan Thomas now is like, this horse just kind of ran in place in those first two starts off the layoff, right? So now we're going to throw blinkers on it, and we're going to put Jose Ortiz back in the saddle. Blinkers on is a 16% move for Jonathan Thomas. Jose Ortiz, 29% winners with a positive ROI for Jonathan Thomas. And again, cutting back in distance after doing a mile and three-eighths, a mile and a half, adding the blinkers. I think there are a lot of things being tweaked with this horse, and I think all of those could add up to this horse being good enough to get the job done. Uh, Is this the horse that you almost put on as your third choice? So this was actually my fourth choice. Okay. Um, And my main concern here, and I'd love to get your take on this because you're you're using the horse – the cutback, what do you make of it? I mean, because that to me was the big issue here with two races were significantly longer and this horse was off the pace in both of those races, which featured slow paces. I mean, I'm, I'm worried that this horse is a mile back and the, the blinkers you're hoping adds a little more early speed. And that's the reason Thomas is cutting back in distance and adding the blinkers. But for me, I was just a little worried that this one wouldn't be in touch with the field. Yeah, he is. I, I am a little worried that he might be a plotter. Um, but the fact that he broke his maiden on debut going Two, he was going a mile and a 70, which is pretty equivalent to a mile and a 16th. Um, I, you know, he beat two next out winners at, out of that race as well. I think he can handle it. I, I think it's also because we're adjusting, we're putting the blinkers on that we're trying to get the horse to be engaged more early. And if that's the case, going a little bit shorter, maybe that'll sharpen him up. I, there's things that are, you know, I can see that Thomas is the equation he's trying to work out here. We'll just find out if it ends up actually working. Yeah, that's, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's whether or not it actually that they were able to get the experience more forwardly placed because that's going to be a big key here. You don't want to be too far off this pace going a mile and 16th. Mark actually referenced the other horse I was going to take a look at here. Ah. Uh, and Woo Pig, Mark, hope you're doing good, man. I, I, I know you're headed to Vegas this weekend to go see Arkansas, try and continue that run. So good luck, man. Uh, yeah, the two, Smart Striker. That was the other one that I was interested in here. Uh, Mark Cassie, Emma Jean Wilson. She's winning 11% of the time, but she's getting prices home. And this is one of those horses when, when you look over it, they, they kept it the maiden special weight levels, never been in for a tag before. Horse ran well, two back to break the maiden over synthetic, comes back out after a layoff, tries a synthetic again. Now we geld the horse. And those classic car wash won that, uh, won that race, uh, the last race as well. It's been a pretty good horse as well there at Gulfstream Park. Now we're trying something new here. We're going two turns on the turf. Has some tactical speed, not a ton, but enough that should be at least relatively close to the pace or injected in it. If, if, if Smart Striker is in this early, that's the other horse I think could stalk, save ground around that first turn. There's no speed on the inside or outside of this horse, outside of that five horse. So this should be a pocket trip for the two Smart Striker. At 10 to 1, this is the one I'd be willing to take a shot with if I put a third horse in. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't love the horse enough to want to use, but it, it caught my eye as well. Uh, you wonder if Luis Saez had stayed in Florida, would he keep this mount? Would it still go to Emma Jane? I'm not sure. But, you know, Saez was aboard off the maiden win um, at Gulfstream Park. So I uh, would not get for using, especially if you get 10 to 1 on it. It just isn't for me, but that's quite all right. We'll move on, Mike. The third leg of the late pick five at Gulfstream Park on Wednesday, March 22nd. Race six, seven older fillies and mares, now winners of three lifetime in here. Five furlongs on the synthetic in for 12-5 tags. Where'd you go on top? I'm going to take it off the rails for a second here, Magic. Sure. You weren't on uh, Dude 2 Bet Daily on Sunday. Correct. So I'm headed back to Vegas on Saturday night. I'll be there through Tuesday. And okay. I have a conundrum on Saturday night. I have the opportunity to attend one of two events. Do you know what two events are going on in Vegas on Saturday night? Uh, I think Dennis kind of tipped it off. but So do I go to the Elite Eight game, which is either going to be Arkansas versus UCLA or Gonzaga. You like that, Mark? Just put Arkansas through. 
or do I go see Taylor Swift at a Lions stadium? Oh, it's no question you go see Taylor Swift. I thought that'd I've be seen your Taylor answer Swift, too. and I'm telling you, don't miss a Taylor Swift concert. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. I, I, it's uh, uh, the, she's out there Friday and Saturday. I, I can get tickets on Saturday if I want to. So I'm having to decide if I'm going to go late night for some Taylor Swift action or go to that uh, that Elite Eight game. Yeah, that's I would 100 percent, thousand percent Taylor. I mean, it's the Elite Eight game. If, if you had a relationship to this one of the schools in there that could potentially be in there, it's Elite Eight. Otherwise, no, it's Taylor Swift. It's it's one of those like just like I I go with my wife to Taylor Swift concerts. She is a much bigger Taylor Swift fan than I am. But my goodness, the like the the spectacle, the production they put on. Yeah, definitely go see Taylor Swift. Yeah, I've, I've never seen her before, but I heard, I've heard the shows are just absolutely phenomenal. Oh, yeah. As apparently this tour is playing the entire catalog from start to finish. So uh, you get all the old school hits, the old country day hits. Anyways, where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get back back on the rails here. Race three, leg three. Leg three here, yeah. So I went with the one sequin lady on top. Eight to five in the morning line, Kelsey Danner, Irad Ortiz. Not exactly getting over overly creative here. Uh, the race is three, four, and five back. Probably all good enough to win this. Uh, it doesn't have a ton of pace to chase, but should be enough here. And the post position should be a benefit, be able to sit on the inside. Last two times, the source was sprinting over synthetic. Lost one identity. He was a very good synthetic sprinter there at Gulfstream Park. Dropping to the lowest level we've ever been at. The horse makes a ton of sense. I'm going to try and spread a little bit here just because I really don't like those last two races. I realize they were both on turf. They were both going two turns. But, man, they were bad. And this horse is going to get bet pretty heavily here. And so you really have to make a decision. Do I want to try and – like I almost left Sequin Lady completely off the ticket. But since I'm at just 54 bucks, I decided not to. If you want to drop Sequin Lady here, I don't hate that idea from a ticket structure perspective to add like the two in the next leg or the last leg and maybe the seven in the last leg, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, but I'm going to put Sequin Lady here on my ticket. And then I'm going to go with two horses that are exiting the same race. The three Solaire and the five Meet the Beauty, both exiting the, la the same race last time. The five horse is just a classic needed that race horse. When you go back and you watch the race, broke from the eight post, broke very well, made it to the lead. And just consistently faded, just got tired. But it was first off a layoff. Now we're getting second off a layoff here for Barbosa, who does very well in that spot, getting five to one on the morning line. Don't love that this horse is in for 10 versus the 12-5. Um, but, you know, kind of is what it is. Get a little bit of the weight break with it. And I expect Meet the Beauty to be either in the lead or very forwardly placed here around this one to, to have a lot more kick down the lane after getting that one race into it. So you and I went, <clears throat> excuse me, we went three deep. We each agreed on two horses and I almost used the five. We didn't agree on this one, um, but I swapped the five out for a different one uh, later on. But, um, you know, you, you brought up the fact about the one that, boy, this horse can get bet heavily. And those last two races scare you off. That's I almost left this horse off for the same reason. And I went back and did the math on my ticket afterwards. And like, I've got to throw that horse out. <laughs> that just, it feels like a horse that would absolutely, this feels like that kind of Wednesday that Irad's going to go win like four straight. And don't, don't let this be the reason that, you know, you, you leave the horse off and you don't end up cashing with him on that one. Um, the three horse, uh, Solaire, uh, you mentioned you're using, uh, this is my top pick five sprints over this course, two wins, two seconds by a neck and two lengths. And then a third by less than a length last time out was the return to synthetic, which clearly was much better than the dirt. Uh, horse did hang, hang a little bit in the stretch, which is a little worrisome here, but now we're upgrading to Jose Ortiz. He's not going to let that horse hang, even if he loses the whip, which he did on a, a different horse that we talked about earlier. But I think that huge upgrade there, um, and the fact that we already got to see this horse back on synthetic after that failed dirt attempt, I think that makes me feel a lot better about this. Now, that's also why we got 18 to one last time versus four to one here. This, they went, oh yeah, no, this horse is synthetic. So of course we're going to make a four to one, but um I, I didn't see any reason not to at least use the three for me it's a top pick but i think it needs to be on everybody's ticket yeah and hey hey paulo was three to one in that spot missed the break and absolutely came rolling spicy ginger was your three to five favorite so sat pretty close to that pace and was still hanging in there late and when you look at that versus where the rest of the race flow came from it actually looks even better on paper it's another reason why i'm willing to give meet the beauty another chance was the leader in that race where the winner came from way out of it and missed the break so uh that pace is that race's pace doesn't look like it was super hot, but the horses that were tending to it backed off of it, which kind of gives you a little bit more information about the race versus just the numbers you see on the page. Uh, last one for me that I'll talk about, and Nick Feldman brought up the number four, his top pick, Crazy Passion at 92, the four horses. Got the speed to set, press, or stalk the pace, so whatever happens here, 
in a crazy synthetic sprint. You never know. Well, uh, this horse has got the ability to go where it needs to, or where she needs to, I should say. Uh, two wins in a second and three sprints over this course. Two straight wins, uh, mind you, over this course. Fits the class level perfectly. Actually beat a higher class level uh, 20K claimer, now winner two lifetime last out. Taking a price drop here because now we're facing nine winners of three lifetimes, so it is a little bit tougher. Um, Morelos, to me, I, I don't know much about him. I don't think that he is a, a bad jockey for the situation. He's only 6% at the meet, but he's 14% for trainer Amador Sanchez, so that's a good sign to me as well. Uh, Sanchez, 29% with a very strong ROI with horses winning their last start going into their next one. Um I, the fact that Morel again, Morello's not a win machine, but I think he's a good enough jockey that if this horse is good enough, she'll continue improving like we've seen in the last couple of starts. Yeah, I mean, that's the key here. I, I think this horse needs to take a little bit of a step forward to be competitive with this group. Uh, was going five last time, going to go five again this time. I don't think is as fast as the five horse meet the beauty. Uh, obviously, that 21 and four, 44 and four was still pretty, pretty darn fast out of the gate. Uh, but that race just wasn't that great when you go back and look who else was in there. Noble Dreamer came out of that race, uh, not the best synth horse there. So we'll see what happens here with the four horse crazy passion. I expect this horse is going to take some money. I don't hate the use. I just, I wasn't a big fan. I, I would need to see that step up. And that was my biggest concern. And for me, it was between the four and the five. I went with the four. Mike went with the five, but we like one, three in there as well. Let's move on, Mike. The penultimate leg of the late pick five at Gulfstream Park on Wednesday, March 22nd. Race seven, seven older Florida bred fillies and mares sprinting six furlongs on the dirt. They're either non-winners of one other than, or they're in for a $20,000 tag, which we have two of those here. Where'd you go on top? Oh, well, I thought this was race was pretty tough. I went with the three horse. She's all woman on top here. We mentioned the horses needing one. That last race there seemed like the horse <laughs> just needed one as well. When you go back and you watch the race, the horse attended the pace early, was swung a little wide, and just kind of didn't have that kick that you were looking for in the lane. There is a lot of races in this horse's back class that fit very well here. Have been very successful. Five wins and 23 starts at Gulfstream Park. Doesn't mind the distance. Two wins and 14 tries. Ten of those 14 is at the board. I think she's got a big shot here to sit right off the pace and be able to get first run. Uh, there is, I'd say, a decent amount of pace here, but she's got the best close of any of those horses that want to be toward the pace. Uh, so I, I think the three, she's all woman, has a big shot here second off the bench for Safi. Uh, the other Safi in here, right? Uh, I, I didn't pick my topic, definitely used. Uh, love everything you mentioned. You talking about needing a race. She's seven. She needed probably needed a couple races. Hopefully not a couple races, but definitely for sure was going to need one race, yeah. Um, uh, eight-time winner lifetime, um, 23 of 32 career dirt starts. She's hit the board 18 for 23 in the money on Gulfstream's dirt, uh, also with five wins over the course. She's a very – you know what you're going to get with her. Now, whether it's whether someone else pops up and runs bigger than her, that's a, uh, a different story. But you know that she's a consistent runner that's going to keep trying. My top pick, I did use the – the I guess the other other set. Number two, Sonica, the three-to-one uh, – not the favorite here. Uh, but the favorite of the two Safi horses, first of all, it's Irad jumping board for Safi. You know I'm going to play that all day long. Uh, returned from a three-month layoff last time out. Set the pace going six and a half furlongs on the dirt uh, at this level. Got bumped late, but she was weakening, ran fourth. Uh, but she just missed by th three quarters of the length to the winner. She was a neck and a head behind second and third in that. Now second off the bench, following a career high buyer there of 71, um, which she also got for going six and a half against 35K claimers. Second start at age four. Upgrade Irad, all good reasons to like this horse. Yeah, I, this was this was my other must-use horse in here. I, I like the fact, like you said, second off the layoff, showed speed and quit last time, but should have a better chance of going gate to wire here. Has the jump on him, it has the inside speed, so you'd expect Sonicus gets a really nice trip here. Uh, only other speed I really fear is all the way to the outside in Persian vibe. Uh, however, that horse is coming in from Tampa. And so you kind of never really know with those Tampa speed horses how they transition over to Gulfstream unless they're absolutely burning over there. And this one's going 40 second half, 46 second half. So that's not flying, especially for this type of level. So I think Sonicus has a good shot at trying to take this field gate to wire. I did use one other horse. I'm going to go to the rail 15 to 1, Rachel's Rocks for Ralph Nix here. This is one of those horses that I kind of gravitate toward at a price. When you look at how they they worked this horse, what the what the kind of the progression was in the races that were entered here, they start out in a two hundred thousand dollar restricted stakes, where this horse was nine to one in debut, so gets bet and when being way overplaced, right? 
then comes back and looks very professional, able to win an open company, not state bread allowance for $49,000, looked awesome doing so, uh, just kind of was very professional, stalked and pounced around that one, able to get the job done. And then we come back and we go to, we go to the mile and run against open company for $75,000 N1X, face Pioma, who's a pretty good horse, doesn't have a good start, kind of gets buried, ends up fourth in a field of seven. To me, that's just draw a line through that race. And by the way, we're three to one in that spot. So still got bet in that race. Mm -hmm. Now we're coming back 15 to one, going back to sprinting. We know the horse can fire off the bench, did so to break its maiden. So I'm not worried about that aspect of it. I think it's a really nice trip in here, right behind that one in the two in the seven, which you mentioned are going to be the speed here. I think 15 to one is a heck of a price on a horse that clearly has talent that the connections think highly of is being protected for the first start at four here and has a race you can point back to and say, if we can prove off that we're good enough to beat this field. So give me the one Rachel's rocket 15 to one on the ticket as well. I think if you're going for a long shot, this is uh this is easily the best one that you could go for. And I'm, I'm seeing anybody outside of the uh, like top three or four choices price wise. This is definitely a great, the, the best horse of those to use for all the reasons you mentioned my concern she hasn't faced anyone of this quality yet. When she got that win at Gulfstream, it was in the summer. We're outside the championship meet. All the good horses that are up in New York or Kentucky. Um, the mile race, I'm going to be forgiving because she just, I mean, if you look at the distance throughout that poem, it was nine lengths clear of second. It was seven and a half lengths clear of third. It was 10 lengths clear of Rachel's Rock and Fort. They just got completely separated in that. Kind of throw it out there. Cutting back, she should be good. I'm just a little concerned that now we're facing the kind of the championship meet style horses. Um, a little bit more experience or a lot more experience than she has with the three starts, but not going to knock you, especially uh, if you're looking for a long shot to use. I couldn't find the long shot. I chalked out. I went with the six to a T uh, as the other one here. I really didn't want to. And man, this horse keeps not winning, but keeps getting close. You got to go all the way back to April to uh, 2022, uh, nine, 11 starts back to find the last time this horse got a win. But look at how many times this horse at six and a six and a half second by half a length. Second by a neck, second by half a length, second by half a length. Like, just give me some good racing luck. Jose Ortiz, don't lose the whip like you did last race. Maybe that will be the we'll get. She's very consistent, and I'm gonna use her because she's consistent, but she also likes to leave herself with a lot of work to do. Jose Ortiz hopping aboard for the second start. I'm hoping that he keeps her engaged. She was aboard when she got her last win. I get five to two not being what you want to play, but in this race, I was like, whose juice is gonna be better? The two sappy horses or Orlando Noda? I don't know. I'm going to use all three of them. Yeah, I can't use two a T. I mean, I'm sorry. This horse should have, like, it just, it, this horse doesn't like to win. It's going to be bet off the board again. That to me is the crazy part here. I mean, it was the favorite two to, two to one last time out. Ends up running second to Adios Baby. The time before that runs second. We had Rosario, Castellano, Ortiz on this horse. We're three for 25 lifetime and one for 16 in the last two years. And you're going to be the favorite in this spot. I just, I can't, I can't deal with that for me. I just, it's to me, that's, that's when you just got to try and leave off, try and beat this horse. It would be the second favorite in the sequence. I'm leaving off the ticket and hopefully we can get around both of them. I want to talk about this real quick. Michael Myers, two horses, not protected automatic toss, not especially, not for me, especially in these state bred allowance levels where these horses are in for a tag because they've won in these conditions before. So for instance, she's all woman is actually won at this exact level. So to be in this race, she has to go in for a tag. And I, I think it was, yeah, Dennis who mentioned it here. Um, they have five and eight wins compared to the rest of this field, which is just not a bunch of career winners. They've all won one or two races. So uh, to me, when you're looking at these optional level state breads, and also notice that's the six and the seven-year-old in the field, right? So they're horses that have run through a lot of the conditions. There's not as many places to put these horses. You, you have to be okay with losing a seven-year-old if you think you can win a $20,000 state bread allowance, right? I mean, that's just part of the business here. That's why you can get into this race. So you have to be willing to take the chance to lose the horse if you want to fit it in with the right conditions. And to me, the four, three and the four both fit in these conditions. The last time She's All Woman ran in a state bread $20,000 race, uh, she won that sucker by four lengths. So that's, that's why they're putting her back at this level. They think she can win and she struggled against open company. Yeah, and you know, one th tip too, if you're looking at uh, the past performances, if you see on the line, uh, the race condition ends with a dash in the letter N, that means that they, the, they were not eligible to be claimed out of that. So She's All Woman is eligible to be claimed for the first time since Safi claimed her last March, uh, almost entirely a year ago. So they got her for 16. So that's uh, another helpful angle you can look at. It's like, oh, they got her in for 20, but the last seven starts, she wasn't in for one. And then you look at Awesome Anne Marie, uh, she's been running 
you could have bought her for twenty thousand dollars in uh, in four of her last six starts there, and, and twice people did. And you can see who the trainers were. I'm with Mike. It's not an a, an auto toss. When you see that it's a mucho macho man, seven year old Florida bred, or an awesome, of course, six year old Florida bred. No knock on those sires, but you're not running to the window to pay twenty grand for those horses when they're coming. I mean, you might not even pay twenty grand when they're done racing and they're in full to somebody. It's just it's kind of how it goes. But a, a good question. I'm glad that you asked that because it is something that I actually had to learn too. I was a little worried. Uh, with stuff like that, Mike. And the big difference between the three and the four to me, and I, this was, you know, Nick mentioned here, four is an auto toss because Ired's off. I, I agree, Ired leaving is not a great sign for the four. <laughs> to me, the bigger issue is that the four has faced this level, this state bred optional 20, three straight races and not one, where the three horse has been facing open company optional, uh, a state, a state, overnight, a restricted stakes race, and, and been running against better horses and now is dropping into state bred at a level where she's won before. Yeah, the only win in the last uh, year and a half, really, for Austin, the three-horse Austin Man Marie, came against 12 five-starter allowance. It was open company and wasn't it for a tag, but you had to have run for a very low tag to even qualify for that. But yeah, great questions, and I always appreciate that in the chat. Fifth and final leg of the late pick five, Mike at Gulfstream Park on Wednesday, March 22nd. Race eight, 10 three-year-old males routing a mile on the 16th on the turf. Horses who run for a claiming tag of 35K or less and are also non-winners of one other than uh, fun fact, seven of these 10 horses, maybe because they're three-year-olds, it works out this way. Seven of the 10 of these horses are exiting, mating, breaking efforts. So you can't be like, well, I'm playing this horse because they're stepping up facing, uh, they've already faced winners. That's, that's hardly any horse that's in this race. Where'd you go on top? It makes this race really tough. I noticed that as well when I was handicapping because we often talk about how the biggest jump is going from the maiden level to the winner's level. And he, look, there's really only two logical horses here in Mas uh, Mr. Abario and the Cozen one, the five and the seven, who have faced winners who kind of fit back at this level. And so you kind of gravitate toward those horses. But I look at the five, and this horse just doesn't seem to like to win that much. So Mr. Barrio, who's going to be way off the pace in a race that doesn't have a lot of pace, immediately becomes a horse I'm not looking to play over this Gulfstream Park turf. So then you're kind of left with the seven and whether or not you want to include that horse versus some of these that are coming off of a victory. I ended up going with the speed here. I think the two horse, Cosmic Speculations, the one who gets the lead with uh, Jose Ortiz riding right back here for uh, Orsino. That last race to me was good enough to be able to win this race. I really liked the, the kick clear we had when we turned for home. Went 24 and 3, 47 and 4, 111. So sub 24 seconds there. Finished in 129 and 4. So just doing over 12s to close out the race. Very solid time, not worried about the stretch out. Love the post, love that Jose picks it, picks the mount back up. I think this horse likes turf more than synthetic. I don't love the fact that we're jumping from a state bred maiden special weight into open allowance. However, like four of those seven horses that won are coming out of maiden claimers. So it, it's, <laughs> yep. it's a different jump than a lot of the regular kind of three-year-old allowances you're seeing. I also think this, because this is a straight three-year-old, is one of the reasons you're seeing so many horses coming out of the maiden level. Because they broke it late in their two-year-old season or early in their three-year-old season, you're coming right here into this three-year-old race. A little bit of a crapshoot here, but I think the two-horse has a good shot at taking this field gate to wire. So give me cos cosmic speculation on top. Uh, f actually, five of the seven. I went and did the math. I was like, four sounds right. No, five of the seven maiden MP horses, actually maidens, were in for tags. That's uh it's crazy it's wednesday at Gulfstream park uh, i went too deep here and you use those two horses and if i went three deep this is the horse i would have used my biggest concern with cosmic speculation um that effort last out was nice and i'm not even discounting that happened against florida breads it's they went pretty slow in that race for the horse to be able to get they kind of walked the dog with jose ortiz you've got four horses including the two whose time form early pace ratings are between 89 and 91 and i'm a little worried there's going to be too much pace early and so I avoided speed horses, but the two horse is absolutely the speed horse that I would have used um, if we went that way. I'm going with two horses off the pace. They're going to be both Safi Joseph horses. You know that because you used them as well, Mike. Uh, number one, Shankar for me is going to be the top pick here. Four to one morning line. Three straight good improving efforts for Safi Joseph since getting off the dirt. Going two turns. That was a, that was actually a, a Freudian slip. I did not mean to say that one. Sure. Uh, but you notice the horse three back. Drops down to the open main 35 level so we can qualify for this. Misses by a neck. Uh, was two and a half lengths clear of Mr. Barrio in third. Uh, that horse broke his maiden next out. Um, Safi then bumps the horse back up to the state bred ranks. Two races. Misses by half length. Wins by a half length. Tyler Gaffleon is going to keep the mount for the third straight ride. He's 24% for Safi Joseph. And Safi co-owns this horse. Just like, by the way, you didn't mention this, but Joe Orsino, the trainer of the two, also co-owns that horse and actually paid $35,000 for the horse out of its... Uh, 
uh, debut effort, which is another angle I know that you like as well. But um, I'm going to go with the one here on top, faces winners for the first time, but we already talked about that. I think this horse has got the right running style, the right post position, and the right connections to really put it all together and get two straight wins here, Mike. Yeah, I was in the seven of eight last time, now breaking from the rail, should be able to save a ton of ground. I, I think is the you would expect the one that Tyler gets the one out well and tries to sit right behind the two and the three, who I think are probably going to be your speed. I think because the two's on the inside, clears, pushes the three out, you'll see the three sitting in the two path. And the one horse could could basically pocket up behind those two and get first run if he wants to. I think the one makes a ton of sense here. We talked about how many horses are kind of coming back here or coming into this race off maiden special weight wins or maiden claiming wins. This is one of the maiden special weight horses. We also have a little bit of a break coming before this race. I, I, the pace that this horse attended that last race, I don't like you look at the early time form number, it's a 75, but they went 23 and 146 and two. And this horse was within two lengths of the lead. So there is enough early go in, in uh, Shanker here that I think that he'll be able to sit pretty close to the pace and be able to, to get a good trip, get first run, and, and save ground on both turns, I think could make a huge difference here in this spot. Max Swagger, the other horse I think we're both using here, the nine horse. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the other Safi. This is the horse I thought was most visually impressive when I was watching replays. Uh, we've talked about post positions over this Gulfstream Park turf course. Max Swagger was hung in the 10 post last time out and never got to save an inch of ground because of it uh was sixth early in the race and just made a really nice move once he was able to get going down the lane i thought it was a really impressive run don't love the fact we're coming out of maiden 35 but you go back and you look at who he lost to two back it was dude in colorado that won that race dude in colorado been a very good horse here at this Gulfstream park meet we went on turf mm -hmm. first time ran well now we're stepping up protected for a barn that that usually does pretty well when placing these type of horses. I don't mind this jump, and I like the fact that we've got two in here for Safi. Uh, not a ton of pace, so that to me is going to be the key here, is how is Max Swagger be able to work out a trip? Can we sit, you know, fifth or sixth mid-pack, too wide, and get a good run? If so, I think Max Swagger 10 to 1 is a pretty big shot here. All great points. Uh, before we leave this, I want to talk about one other horse. Dennis brings up uh, the number four, Lukanasa for Terry Pompey. I mean, first off, the claim for Terry Pompey uh, in this spot, but the horse is, is two, uh, a neck away, I should say, away from being two for two over this course, going to mile on the 16th. Uh, Maiden 35 got claimed out of that race by Jose Pynchon, brought back at the same level. Irad rides, gets the win, claimed out of that race, and now we're getting Javier Castellano aboard. Um you know, was favored in both of those two races. And now 12 to 1, you could see it prove. It wouldn't be a shock to me, Mike, if this horse won. I just couldn't fit it onto my ticket. Uh, the 4 was when I looked long and hard at. We got a quite a few people mentioning the 3, the 4, and the 10 in the chat. So let's, we'll talk about all of those. Yeah, the 4 was one that I, I thought was really interesting coming off the claim here. The, the, we talked about the post position specifically with the nine breaking out of the 10. Well, the four did it from the nine post in that race as well. So I thought that was impressive. The fact that this one got claimed back to back times for 35,000 tells you that there's multiple barns on the, on the backstretch there that think this horse is worth giving a look to going to need to take a pretty decent step forward. That was my biggest concern because there's a lot of other horses in here that have logical reason for improvement. Like the one horse coming off a layoff here after freshening and winning, you would expect is going to run better than the maiden breaking score. The four horse doesn't have that logical improvement unless you're saying, okay, it's all off the claim, which, you know, I mean, Terry Pompey does not claim horses very often. 0 for 6 in the last five years off the claim. I'm not going to really discredit. It's such a small sample size. I don't want to say, oh, well, just terrible off the claim, never used the, those horses. I do like the fact that you pick up Castellano. Would have been better if someone like Irad stuck aboard, though. Yeah, and no knock on Javier Castellano. Just won the uh, well-deserved the George Wolf Award yesterday at, uh, at Santa Anita Park. All right, let's talk about the number three, People Force, next. Broke the maiden last out over the course and distance. Made an optional claiming 50K. Was in for that 50K tag. Uh, but Luca Panici was aboard. Got the big win by two and a half lengths, and Panici rides back here. Again, a horse that's shown steady improvement since getting on the turf and since getting with Preciado, the trainer, I think might just be a cut below, but again, wouldn't be a total shock to me. I'll be pissed if the horse wins, not using, but it wouldn't be a total shock to me if the three wins. Yeah. I, I don't know how good that last race was. That was my main reason for leaving this horse off. My favorite topic, Gustavor, like not very good horses. Their career high buyer going into that race was a 58 between the two of them. Uh, your favorite was super silver dollar in that race. The horse is now 0 for 4 with Cassie. Been bet as a favorite, down as a favorite twice before. It, there just isn't that much that's coming out of that that maiden breaking score and this is another one where 
you got to expect the horse needs to improve to win, right? I, I mean, in, in, I'm not sure where that improvement is going to come from. The last time out, second time, going a mile plus over the turf, it's kind of logical improvement there. To me, there's just there's a little bit too much in this race to be using the horse like the three. However, like at eight to one, if you're going skinny earlier and you're leaving favorites off, I don't mind adding the three in this spot, but I, I think there's other places to go here. All right. If there's a scratch from either the one or the nine, boy, I like that 10 elusive empire sitting there. 12 to one on Irad Ortiz Jr. Uh, first off the claim for Jose D'Angelo, who's 23% first off the claim. And by the way, 26% when Irad hops in his saddle there. Uh, are we going to be killing ourselves Wednesday evening because we didn't use Irad at 10, 12 to 1 in this race that all that to end things? This is going to be interesting, man. D'Angelo, excellent off the claim, 23%, 94 horse sample size. So I, I get why people are interested in this horse, especially since you get Irad up. Morning line is not incorrect here. What does this horse actually want? <laughs> 4 to 1, 3 to 1? Yeah, I'll split it and go 6 to 1. We'll say it's about 6. I think IRAD money is going to come in here, especially with the claim yeah. numbers. Uh, my biggest concern here is how does the 10 win the race? You know, Pioneer of the Nile, this horse stands for 110. This whole horse sold for an 80, so definitely fits at this level from that perspective. But the 10 needs to go gate to wire to win, right? Well, yeah, I mean, he's coming out of three straight sprints. You'd have to imagine he's going to be forward the place. If he gets the same kind of stocking trip, that you would think that the distance he could be able to handle it. But it's a matter of, you know, they went 22 and three and he was three lengths behind. They went 21 and four and he was two lengths behind. I, it feels like he's just got a lot of natural speed there, Mike. Well, I'm, I'm worried that because of the post, plus the fact that I think the two and the three are going to go early, all of a sudden this 10 is going to be sitting three or four wide on that first turn. And I, I don't think if the 10 could make the lead, I would have differing opinions on how I feel about this 10. But since I don't think the 10 makes the lead, I think it makes it a lot more difficult for this 10 horse to be able to win the race. So I think gate to wire is the 10's most likely route to victory here. And I think because of the inside speed, it's going to be very difficult to do. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I on a special Monday show covering Wednesday's Late Pick 5 at Gulfstream Park. You can thank Zero Kentucky Derby Preps this past weekend, the last time until we know the field for the Derby, uh, that that'll be a thing for us here. We'll go ahead and give out our tickets one last time for our audio listeners. If you're watching on YouTube, take a look down below. I'll start off. I'm going to go 4-6 with 4-5-9 with 1-3-4 with 2-3-6 with 1-9. That's $54 for 50 cents. You also have a $54 ticket for 50 cents. Go ahead and give it yes, up. Sir. Give me the 4-7 uh, with 5-9 with 1-3-5 with 1-2-3 with 1-2-9. 54 bucks for 50 cents. Dueling $54 tickets here, Magic. Boom. And, and dueling, but we could very easily cover this thing uh, with both of our tickets, which would be pretty nice. If you are playing along, let us know uh, in the comments or in the chat uh you guys in the chat the live chat have been fantastic and if you are able to ever join us in the future for a live chat we'd love to have you it's a lot of fun going back and forth as you heard talking about different horses that we like that other people like uh don't forget nick feldman came on and, uh, and gave one try gave out a winning uh, pick five ticket on this show uh a week and a half ago so uh you can see what nick feldman's picks are going to be as well for that one uh mike any final thoughts before we get out of here uh, i know you got a couple days break until the ncaa tournament kicks back up yeah, it's it's an interesting lull now. I mean, we got through March Madness, so now, you know, we got Major League Baseball starting. I got my fantasy draft this weekend, so looking forward to getting that one in the books. Um, so we got it's, – it's really like the doldrums now since we have – you know, the Sweet 16 is great and all, but the, the Sweet 16 Elite Eight Final Four is pretty spread out now, so we don't have any of those big events. So now it's really just prepping for the playoffs, man. Baseball and hockey – or basketball and hockey both, uh, both head in that direction here in about two weeks. I think the NHL is like – 14 games left is the most left for any team. I think that's Colorado who's only played 68 so far. So we're going to be in the playoffs pretty soon. Looking forward to that. And then, yeah, we'll just uh, roll into the horses, man. Michael Myers wants to know if uh, if you can help him start a petition for Painter to get fired, the coach of uh, Purdue. Back-to-back, uh, -back, not great tournaments for the Boilermakers, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say that's an understatement. Uh, I'm bummed, man. I wanted them to win, so I could bet against him in the second round. I should have just fired against him money line in the first round, but I didn't think there was any chance Fairly Dickinson was going to be able to beat him. Uh, wild story there, too. With like uh, Fezzik, Steve Fezzik, who's one of the, the more renowned sports bettors, got, took a bloodbath on that game. He laid, I think it was 60000 on Purdue on the money line uh, to win 1200 bucks, something like that was the report on ESPN. So, well, he, he talks about this on some of the podcasts, and I don't disagree with him. 
you, some of these favorites have value. However, it gets like Purdue wouldn't be the one I would play if that makes sense. Like Alabama was minus five thousand. They weren't losing that game more than one percent of the time, which means they should be minus uh, ten thousand, right? So like there's there are different spots where I do think there are specific value. However, you are betting a lot to win a little, and that can get very dangerous with a team like Purdue. Man, I used to follow Fezzik a lot back when I was betting football all the time too. Steve Fezzik was one of the guys that uh, I always listened to for his opinion. Didn't always match his bets, but definitely appreciate his opinion as as a big whale uh, out there in Las Vegas. I think there's only one or two spots they'll even let him gamble. <laughs> Not mostly just South Point, but uh, boy, sixty k that is a that is that's one less yacht for Fezzik to buy next year. That's what that is. It's, uh, it's going to take take a lot of minus forty five hundreds to make that up. We'll just put it that way. Oh, that's like somebody having 60 grand on Arrogate to win the uh, San Diego handicap and came back and that didn't work out too well for him either. But man, that's all right. Listen, we appreciate each and every one of you who joined us for this and every Magic Mike show. Thanks so much for joining us. Make sure you come back on Thursday, March 20, 1, 2, 3, March 24th. That's what day that is. We got a special late pick five. It's not just fairgrounds because Mike didn't want to do just one track he doesn't like. We're going to do two tracks. We're going to do Turfway Park and Fairgrounds, the Bluegrass Bayou Five or Bayou Bluegrass. Hey, listen, it's it's a it's a fifty cent denomination pick five, fifteen percent takeout. Louisiana Derby, Jeff Ruby Stakes, Fairgrounds Oaks, Bourbonette Oaks, and the New Orleans Classic. So boom, five big graded not graded five big stakes races. Four of them are either Derby or Oaks preps. None of them are on turf, but at least none of them are on the fairgrounds turf. And I think for us, that's a win. I like the four in every race. Just book me for a five dollar four 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 pick five. Call it a show. Just do what Aaron does in our uh, the old tournaments we used to do. Just go six nine six nine six nine six nine. But yeah, make sure you tune. That'll be a fun one. Uh, covering two tracks. That'll be Thursday at five Eastern. Two percent. Look at this. We're, the people are so halfway. We're going to Turfway. They loving it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I'm sorry. It's it's okay. That's right. Yeah. Dennis says he'll Dennis will send you his picks and you can just give out Dennis's picks on the show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. All right. Tune in to see whose picks Mike ends up using on the Magic Mike show. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellard. He is at some Obama 18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. Remember dudes who bet daily covering the NCAA tournament right now, every Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So tune in for our best bets for college basketball and horse racing coverage. And until Thursday, or I guess Wednesday, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDunes.com.